0: Because of the coronavirus epidemic and to respect social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was recorded remotely over Zoom. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and I'm hosting the show tonight. Uh, along with uh, my usual companions, uh, John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Hello. And Hello. we are we are fortunate enough to be joined tonight by uh, Gina Louise Chiara, who is the uh, who is an at large at-large member and president of the Northampton City Council. Uh, Ms. Shiara's is uh, a uh, Northampton resident since 2005, and also works as communications manager for Pathlight which is a human services nonprofit uh for people with disabilities here in the Pioneer Valley. Um uh Jean Louise you're running for mayor. Uh you're one of two candidates we're going to have on to talk with us for a bit about <clears throat> what's going on in Northampton and you know what sort of changes you want to make if only you were given the power. The power. <laughs> and uh <clears throat> uh uh other related stuff. But uh, thank you for joining us here on civil politics. Uh, uh, John was just pointing out, uh, out to me that it's actually been about uh, pretty much exactly seven years since we started the show. So
1: uh, happy anniversary to us,
0: I guess. Hey, or-
1: hey.
0: and, and just so word. everybody
1: knows, uh, we are recording. We usually record on the Thursday before the uh, before the show airs. This is uh, indigenous in indigenous people's day uh um the 12th on tuesday so uh just so everybody knows we we are pre-recording a little bit earlier in the week than normal yeah well
0: You know, somebody, somebody not naming any names, Gina Louise, has a full time job and a a, a part time job helping in city government. So, you know,
1: what? who is it?
2: I do. Thank (laughs) you so much for having me on Civil Politics. I love the premise of your show and I'm really happy to be with you. And thank you for accommodating my busy schedule. Um, I uh, it this is, you know, as it's true, I have a full time job and I have a day job and I have what's an evening job. Uh, doing my city work, so um, thanks for fitting me in today.
0: Sure thing, absolutely. So actually, just before we get into it, and I know Sue actually has, uh, uh, you know, who's dialed into Northampton politics in a way that I'm, I'm not anymore since I no longer live there, but is uh, uh, ha- has some interesting questions and things to to address. But I do just want to mention we do love to hear from our listeners uh, still, and we have new email. So, John, what's that new email again? That is contact at civilpoliticsradio.com. Please email us if you have questions or comments or, I don't know, uh, other things that we should know. Uh, Also, you can follow us on, you know, the social medias. Uh, We're at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio there uh, in the land of whistleblowers. And uh, yeah, and of course, our website is civilpoliticsradio.com with recordings of previous episodes of the show and supplementals like the extra chat I had with uh, Nicole LaChapelle, the mayor of East Hampton, the other day. So all of that's really great. Um, there's there's a lot of me talking, which I mean, you know, I, I, I couldn't enjoy. there's yeah. nothing I can Sat- do about
1: that. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs>
0: Sadly, tonight's episode, I will probably be, be quiet a lot more. So, uh, but keep listening, anyways. It's probably still worth it. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yes, you can see why John recruited me for this show. Um, so, Sue, uh, why don't you take the lead? <laughs>
3: Oh, no. Oh,
0: no. Sorry. I'm a Republican.
3: This, you know, well, um, I think uh, you're the elections are nonpartisan. prepared
0: for this. That's what it is. <laughs> uh,
3: I do. I do do my homework. Um, I, so, uh, President Sierra, because you're president of the city council, um, I, I've forgotten now, but what's the, the term for the mayor has has changed. Right. I think the new terms are longer than they used to be. Am I yes. getting that correct?
2: You're correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the a term, the the mayoral term is now a four year term.
3: Four years. So you don't have to run every two seconds after you, after you get in. Um, I, I don't have really specific questions about housing, but it's usually um, in the, some of the, um, the meetings that I've sat in, it always comes up as an issue in, in Northampton. And um, maybe you want to talk about what your priorities are for the city if you get elected. And the election is November 2nd is that I think that's right. Right. Yes. It's November 2nd. It's November 2nd. Um, yeah. What's your what your priorities would be for the city of Northampton and um, and maybe touch on housing if because I don't like I said, I don't have any particular question about housing for you.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Um, so we have a lot of work left to do to make our city more affordable, accessible, sustainable and equitable for everyone. Um, You know, we've we're still very much in the pandemic, which is why we're all doing this over Zoom right now. Um, But, you know, I I think for our future, we need to aim higher. We need to not return to where we were prior to 2020. We really need to aim to make Northampton better for everyone. And that, I think, requires progressive action on a number of fronts. And that includes, as you were just mentioning, housing. We need more housing at every level. There is a housing crisis. Nationwide, um, we certainly feel it here in Northampton, and we need to push harder to create more opportunities for affordable housing. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, and to be able to keep our older adults in their housing that that they have. That's you know a lot of people sort of feel s- squeezed, um, and so we need to create more housing at every level. Northampton actually has done a better job in, ter- in terms of creating affordable units in some of than most of the surrounding communities but it doesn't even begin to touch the need that we have so we've been making some zoning changes to um allow for more use on lots and create more units and the city is is working really hard and and certainly as mayor i would work as hard as i possibly could to create opportunities for affordable housing you know the city we're not a developer we don't create the housing ourselves but we do create opportunity and we work with um developers who specialize in affordable housing to to help make possible um you know developments for example like like the ones that on on Pleasant Street that have um that have been built in the last few years so you know the yard and live 155 so we help create opportunities and leverage some of our funds to make those kind of um Buildings possible. And so I think that's a top thing, you know, a top priority for me is to continue the good work that we're doing and push even farther on that front. Um, You know, we also have a houselessness crisis, as there is again nationwide. Um, And so we are working, we have some really sort of innovative things that we're working on right now. We're working to stand up a Department of Community Care. Um, but we're also working to get the uh, Community Resilience Hub opened and we're trying to f- find a location. There actually was just an article today um, that we, this is something else that you said maybe you want to talk about. Um, the city has offered to buy St. John Canius, um, the church, to uh, to to fill this need and be the resilience hub. We're been, we've are we been looking at the Roundhouse building. We're not sure if that's going to work out. So, yeah. Um, We are trying to to create this building, which is going to be a day center for our houseless community. Additionally, it's going to be a central location for people to access services. Uh, Community Action is the lead agency and our other social service organizations will be partners, and that will be a place where people can be. That's climate safe, um, where they can have their their belongings be safe, where they can access services, as I said. Um, have showers and um, laundry facilities. And, you know, we've really seen during the pandemic what happens where when the places where people could be during the day are now no longer available, say like the libraries or cafes. Oh, and so we're, um,
3: right, from COVID. From right. COVID.
2: So, I mean, that's yeah. that we, uh, you know, COVID has underlined so many of um, the issues and inequalities in our society um, and just really made them, I hope, apparent to everybody. So, yeah, Michael.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, I had a little question because uh, uh, last week, uh, the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists released their latest uh, uh, expose of the filthy, filthy rich around the world and the ways they hide their money. And one of the things that came out of that was that uh, there are these, you know, secret trust funds that are set up around the world, like including South Dakota. But um, one of the things that happens is uh, that they set up these secret corporations and then they use, put money in the, And that money then is used to do things like buy up a lot of commercial real estate or uh, you know apartment buildings and whatnot in cities like London and New York and wherever. Oh. Um, and then they don't care if it's rented or not in fact in some ways it's better for them if it isn't they leave it empty uh housing prices go up because there aren't enough places to live and people can't find ho- you know homes so the value of the place goes up and then they make more money selling it in a few years because they've artificially spiked the market so one of the things i've i've noticed uh over the years in fact back when i used to live in northampton is that uh You know, there were people coming down from New York and they were buying places to have as, you know, summer, summer apartments or whatever, or, you know, uh, get away in the, you know, get out of the city and go, go to a small town and hang out for a while kind of thing. But I also noticed that it seemed like there were people from out of state, you know, uh, buying up Northampton apartments just to sort of have and sit vacant and stuff like that. And I was wondering if that was just me my anecdotal observation and i'm full of crap again um or you know if that was something that uh, the city had observed as a problem and uh uh if you had if you knew anything about that if it, i see you squinting uh here on zoom so it's suggesting to me you're like i don't know mike i don't know what you're talking about so it may be i don't know it may be that I, you know even if i'm right it may be that it not, it's not a problem that anybody's aware of so i was just wondering if you had any comment or thoughts on that
2: yeah, um, I that that specific problem I'm not aware of. I mean, you know, elements of what you're saying, we certainly all know, right? I mean, one, we want Northampton to be an attractive place where people come and move to, right? We we want, yes. that, that's vital to any city that you bring in new people and you bring in new families, right? But, and we certainly know, and during COVID, this was the case here and elsewhere that um, the housing prices have shot up because there's unbelievable demand um and but i i'm not familiar with what you were just saying that people would be buying and then leaving them vacant um that's that's not a problem i've really heard of happening um but you know we we do know that demand has made our housing market and our rental market just go through the roof and that's um you know it means that people often people who work in northampton can't afford to live in northampton and i don't think that that's right and we want to make sure that everyone I feel like everyone should be able to build a life here and stay here. Um, and that, you know, that's the kind of Northampton that I want to work on.
1: Yeah. Uh, Northampton housing prices has always been uh, kind of high. I like even even like when I was living in Northampton years ago, uh, we were very lucky to find a place on Holly. But mm-hmm. uh, we had to have like five people living there <laughs> to afford it. Um and any place downtown, they were all converted to condos like years before, uh, and that is a problem that, uh, like I noticed then, uh, that uh, like more and more apartments that were n- normally like expected to be rented were starting to get bought out. the 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 issue that Mike had brought up is more in uh, large suburban areas. Um, Uh, Metro areas like around Houston. I know that around Austin, they like whole neighborhoods are getting bought up by uh, corporations to, you know, to rent or to just have, you know, um, inflating. That's why that's part of the reason why the the market is so tough right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The, I don't know if that's what I remember. I remember, you know, this was almost, this was like
0: 15 years ago or more back before uh, Michelle and I, you know, got married and stuff like that. And she was still living on her own in uh, uh, old school commons back mm-hmm. in the day before it went into condos. And just like, you know, they were like, well, we're going to turn this place into, con- you know, it's it was a school, now it's apartments, it's going to be condos. And just the prices they were quoting back then were just eye popping. And I'm like, you know, this is nice, but I mean, I don't know if I want to spend like, you know, 150, $250,000 for, you know, like this three room apartment. I mean, yeah, it's, it right. seems a bit much um but yeah they were expecting to to sell them and as far as i know they did but you know like i said it's, it's been surprising a few years you know, something, you
2: know. something that it's sort of along these lines but a little bit different that that has impacted our rental market is of course airbnb right so yes uh, uh,
1: yeah yeah that is a related issue. problem yeah
2: so you have there, there. are lots. There's quite a few. If you go into Airbnb and put in Northampton, there are a lot of units that would be rented to people that are not um, not on the market in that way anymore. So that definitely has an impact.
0: Mm.
3: Yeah, there's an idea.
0: <laughs> are there okay, any? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, any thoughts on the? Uh, uh, like the city council and/or the mayor. I mean, you know, I presume you want to stay involved in city government in some capacity.
1: However, your electoral fortunes play out. <laughs> yes, if she so, becomes mayor, then uh, she will be involved in city politics. Mike, yes, <laughs> <right>, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> <laughs> elected you know. mayor. Now I'm going to take off. That's fine. Everybody have fun. I will
2: be very present. I promise you all.
1: I was going to say. I mean, that's 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 what they call
0: a power move, you know. Believe me, I've thought about it. But um, you know, just just uh, I don't want to sort of foreordain the results of the election. Um, but uh, so the point is that uh, uh, just. You, you know, is that uh, something that the city might want to address? I mean, I don't know. Can the city address? Can it be like, no, you can't use these properties for Airbnb or, or whatever? I mean, I don't I don't know if that's a thing that zoning can affect or or whatever. Uh, I
2: mean, potentially, you know, it's it certainly is an issue. I don't know how significant a problem it is. And um, right. it is it also but then again, it also is a way that people are able to afford property in northampton so it's kind of you know if someone has an extra unit and and this instead of renting it full-time you know they're doing airbnb but that allows them to stay in their home that's you know that's something that i i'm happy for them that that's they've made it work here for them so well i mean there's
1: there's having extra space in a home that you have and there's and there's a uh an apartment owner that has an ex like a full extra unit that mm-hmm. they aren't filling because they don't want to rent it. I mean that there are other cities have implemented like ordinances and zoning that uh that controls that sort of thing and Airbnb usually puts a lot of money into trying to make that not happen. Yeah. Um but the I think the the issue that we're really concerned about is those units that people have that could be homes that could be rented like whole units that could be rented that uh, sorry there's a big truck behind me (laughs) that could be rented that um just aren't uh because it's easier to rent them out as airbnb especially like this area northampton is a great place to visit um yep. it's a great place to to spend the weekend or a great place to spend a week you know there's so much to do here and uh with the uh hotel industry the way it is like the airbnb is very attractive but that does affect the housing market um so that is the that is i think that's the concern just trying to to mm. tie it all up <laughs>
0: just like I buy a building with four apartments in it and instead of renting them to people I say hey look now I ha- basically have my own four room hotel woo yeah right. and that's that and that is not actually helping with Northampton city <laughs> Hampton's, you know housing needs so yeah
2: that's
3: true and sometimes yeah. the hotels have have worries about that you mentioned um the department of community care and the resilience center um I think I understand it, but I'm not sure I do. Is that part of the reimagining the police um, in in Northampton?
2: So the Department of Community Care is that. Okay. Is, so the Department of Community Care came out of um, the. It's the main. It's really the 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 core recommendation from the Northampton Policing Review Commission. So um, Mayor Narkowitz and I created the mission for the commission. Um,
3: that's
2: their, <laughs> You like that? Um I did actually. <laughs> um and you know, they did an amazing amount of work in a fairly short period of time and came up with recommendations and sort of the core is to create a Department of Community Care, which is a a new leg of our public safety um divisions. And this would be an unarmed non-police response. Um and Primarily, we're looking at you know calls around mental health, substance use, and then you know just transitioning calls out of the PD that um, are non-criminal calls and don't need a police response. So, um, so that that is, we are in the process right now of working on creating that department in this fiscal year. There's been money allocated to um, to develop the department. And then um, the commitment is that for FY23, the next fiscal year, that operations will begin.
1: Have you found a, a director for it yet? It um, was we were a search act- starting in uh, August, I believe.
2: Yes. And so we closed that search um, a, f- a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, and we are beginning uh, interviews. So Excellent. someone hasn't been identified yet, but we are going to be uh, doing interviews soon. I'm actually on that screening mm-hmm. committee. And so um, I'm very excited to talk to the candidates.
0: May I ask what uh, involvement in setting up this new department or being on that search committee? Uh, we've had uh, uh, Chief Jody Casper on the show a couple of times, and uh, I, I'm a fan. You know, I think she's she, I, I like, you know, the, the approach she brings to the department and everything. Um so I was just wondering, like, uh, uh, how much involvement uh, uh, she's having in this, uh, in this process to set up this department and uh, maybe hire a counterpart or or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so Chief Casper is not on the screening committee. Um, the the head of makes the, sense.
0: I mean, that might be awkward. <laughs>
2: the um our the director of dispatch is. Mm-hmm. um and and some other department heads and but you know my goal would be that for whoever we hire um you know right away they would start working with the other public safety departments so so chief casper, but you know additional additionally also fire rescue because fire rescue those are our e m t emergency response, so you know we want to make sure that um we're having conversations with all of public safety and figuring out the the best way to be able to transition these calls. Um, because some of these calls are life or death calls. And so we right. want to make sure that we are handling this in the most responsible way and that we're training people properly and that these calls are are answered by the best possible response. So, she will, so the chief will certainly be involved in um, in the conversations going forward and will help transition the calls from her department to this other department.
3: Okay. Thank you. Is it, it, not I'm sorry to ask these real basic questions, but um, Northampton, do we do dispatch regionally a little bit or something? Or is it, is that Northampton is the big dispatch, dispatcher in the area? Because do they dispatch for other towns a little bit or they get the calls in and it goes there? Am I misremembering because the dispatch?
2: Oh, sorry. Um, Yeah, I I mean, we have our own dispatch, but one thing that's really, um, you know, I think will make this transition, I I smooth and and I think makes it possible for us to to create a a city department um, maybe more easily than somewhere else is that we have a very sophisticated dispatch system. Um, So, yeah, and they're incredibly well-trained and that, you know, they are constantly doing professional development. And so, um, you know, I don't have any concerns that they will be able to, you know, this, this will be a heavy lift to get this going, but that they will be able to um, very professionally, you know, uh, route the calls where they need to go.
3: I know when I had a bear problem, they routed me to the right bear department at UMass or wherever it was. I was quite shocked. I mean, they had the whole you <laughs> the know bear the, department, all the questions. Well, that you know all the right questions, and you know, was nobody being threatened? But you know, <laughs> the bear was on the patio, kind of thing. No, they were really they were really something. So the um, I. Yeah, they're very. They're, yeah, I thought that we had a little extra sophistication here, and it is a combined dispatch for police and fire, so they they're doing they're doing that. Um, so the Department of Community Care is being stood up now, and uh, one of the other things we wanted to get to. Well, I'm just going to circle back for two seconds. So you said, did you? I hear you say that you thought that the city's looking at buying St. John's Church for resilience or using St. John's Church for a resilience hub.
2: So was this that? is um, this is kind of breaking news. The I did say that the article just came out <laughs> t- was live today um, that that the city is making an offer to O'Connell, who who, you know, it's owned privately now. Um, and so the city has made an offer to for, you know, just for the church, because the rest of it's been developed into condos um, and for the purpose of the Resilience Hub. So we'll oh, very we'll interesting. Yes, yep. we' we'll, we'll see um, how that offer is met, but we'll um it's it's something you know we we very much want the resilience hub to be downtown. There are limited options downtown, and um, you know we've we had an option on the roundhouse, but there's some potential issues with that building, so I think we're exploring other options.
3: Yeah, it made, wasn't it used for coal gasification at one point in its life or something. Yes. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Oh, that's exactly. what I thought. Yeah. Yep, That's a, That's a. that could be an adventure. One of the other topics we wanted to make sure we got to was internet for Northampton. I, When I moved out here, I moved to Cummington, and I didn't realize I had no internet, so I had to put up a huge commercial dish. So when I moved to Northampton, I went around with my cell phone trying to find out where all the signals were and, and all that, and there are some spots even in Northampton so but there's a there's a citywide initiative that you had mentioned
2: there is the so on in addition to you know the the races that are on the November 2nd ballot um people are going to see question number 1 a ballot question um which is to create what's called a municipal light plant now that sounds kind of scary and like you know like like in the simpsons we're just going to like plunk down a power plant in the center of northampton
3: that's
2: 100% not what we're doing it's not a physical structure even though it sounds like it is this is state language that we need to pass to be able to create a municipal utility this is actually the third step in a three year process the city council in 2 Two consecutive fiscal years needed to, to vote in favor of creating this. And then it goes to the people of Northampton on the ballot. Um, and so, by allowing the city to create a municipal light plant, we could then create a municipal utility. For us, what we're talking about is municipal broadband, fiber optic broadband. Um, not another kind of power plant. But this is um, a key step for us to be able to pursue municipal broadband, which is something I'm really interested in. You know, we have been, we've done um, a a market study and we're doing a feasibility study. And um, we, you know, this is a project we've been working on for a while. And uh, I really ask the people of Northampton to, um, to please vote yes on question one. And if anyone has any questions or concerns, feel free to contact me um and, you know, I just want to make sure that people know, know what they're voting on. And, um, you know, I don't if if people love Comcast, I don't if you all love Comcast. <laughs> can, exactly. Yeah, sure. yeah. Never
3: we're nonprofit. I, I guess we can't disparage anybody on
0: the on the radio, but OK. <laughs> well, so th- this is a question that's near and dear to our hearts here at Civil Politics. And uh, we're going to take a short break right now because we're at the halfway point. Play some PSAs, promos and station. items. IDs. And then we'll come back and uh, uh, pick up again with uh, uh, community broadband for the city uh, in the second half. Uh, so we've got still got uh, Gina-Louis Chiara here with us. Uh, so don't go away. Uh, and we'll have more of that when we come back.
2: Tune in to Evidence-Based Radio, science and skepticism from a feminist and socialist perspective. Every week, we explore the interesting and important stories in science with a focus on the positive. Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM or at evidencebasederrata.com. That's 6 to 7 p.m. Fridays on Valley Free Radio.
0: And we're back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I, Michael Dow, am with my usual boon companions, Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. And together we are interviewing Gina Louise Chiara, who is the chair, chair, president of the Northampton City Council uh, and a candidate for mayor in uh, the upcoming November 2nd election. And one of the two candidates we're going to be interviewing here on Civil Politics. And uh, Yeah, so uh, we were talking about uh, community broadband.
2: I I was saying if people have questions or concerns, they can feel free to reach out to me or um, you also could contact Northampton Community Network. They have been working on this issue for many, many years. I first met with them on this, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe five years ago. So. Um, they have, you know, they are experts on this and they have a website that answers a lot of questions too. Um, So please reach out if you have um, concerns or or things you want to talk about, but this is a really key step that we need to get people to understand what they're voting on and to pass this ballot question. Um, And, you know, this is, this is going to be City owned municipal broadband, it will be faster. It's not gonna be throttled like Comcast does. Um, it will be It will be more reliable. You won't have those giant windows where Comcast may or may not come. Um, and hopefully it will be less expensive, but we also will have flexibility to make it more equitable and potentially have a sliding scale or figure out um, a, a structure where um, we can make sure that everyone has access to to broadband, which, I mean, I hope we all, you know, I think we were kind of there, but if the pandemic has taught us nothing else, it's that this is a critical utility like other utilities and everyone needs access.
0: And is it going to be, you're, you're going to be able to run lines into every, every home or every building in the city all, all over town and won't be like, yeah, well, that's, that's too far in the outskirts. We can't, can't, you know, dig the trench over there or whatever. Sorry, eventually,
2: kids. eventually we will it will be citywide. So, you know, generally these things get, get built out. Um, they're called fiber hoods. You sort of build out fiber hoods and they start to sort of fund um continual ones and it kind of you know builds out into um you know circles till you get the entire um city. So you know, we we would want to get it up and running for as many people as possible as soon as possible, but um the goal would be you know access for everyone i think no one
1: the, left sorry I've, i think the the concern mike was talking about was uh there are sometimes when people move to like the outskirts of a city and the uh they're still within the city limits but the comcast or spectrum or whoever says well you're too far from our node so we would have to install another node to get you to uh to get you internet and that would cost like twenty thousand dollars. So give us twenty thousand dollars or something like that. Um, yeah.
3: Um company used to do that too. Yeah.
1: It's yeah when it's horrible. It's when cream, I when I skimming, this-
3: they take the really lucrative mm-hmm. neighborhoods and yeah. don't
0: do the other neighborhoods. Which when I'm in a
2: municipality,
3: you when can't do into- that really.
2: Yeah. No, I yeah. would never, never support doing
0: yeah. that. When I moved into this house I'm living in now, uh in, in East Hampton. Uh, cause I couldn't afford to get a house in Northampton, um, <laughs> 2006. Um, but you know, I was like, all right, how do we get internet? And, uh, uh, the possibility of like, well, maybe I should, I should explore DSL with Verizon. So I called them and, uh, uh, you know, uh, they said, oh, what's your address? And I told them my address and they're like, yeah, we're never going to run a line up there. So no,
2: uh, that's <laughs> terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. That was, it's just, yeah. Yes, we here at Civil... I, I'm going to speak for myself. Vote yes on one, for the love of God. Thank you.
2: <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Vote yes
1: on one. Please, please. I don't yeah. even live in Northampton right now. Please vote. It just needs to happen. More cities need to be yeah. able to be doing this. And if Northampton does it and it works out fine, then that'll, that'll spur other... other communities in the area hopefully to do it themselves and we'll have better internet we'll have better service and we won't have to depend on multinational companies that don't really care about us Um, I, I, i
0: very much agree with that i i also don't live in northampton but i think it's a it's a good use of of tax dollars i should also point out uh I am in the process of opening a business in Holyoke, a restaurant, and we are using uh, electric power from Holyoke gas and electric, you know, a utility. So yay, hydroelectric power, but also just as a, as a sort of a thing, we're also able to get super fast internet from them because that's a thing they can do because they're a utility. And it's like, wow, this is really convenient. It's only businesses I believe can get it in Holyoke. So uh, obviously there's, there's still a big need for this everywhere. And I'm hoping Northampton, uh, doing this for the whole community might help inspire, uh, places like Holyoke to also step up and help everyone in their community and not just the businesses though.
2: it's a great point. Businesses I'm glad, certainly I'm glad appreciate you brought it. that up. Um, yeah. cause you know, I mean, I think it's a really important Equity issue for residents, but I also think it's a really important economic development issue. It's really important for our downtown businesses. You know, when you open your second restaurant in Northampton, we'll be happy to set you up. Um, <laughs> this is, it's it's good for everybody. It
1: really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, it the world is so based on uh, having access to, uh, to the internet, to the web. Uh, people, people need it to uh, apply for jobs. And my, my wife and I were trying desperately to help, uh, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law to get his, um, to get him vaccinated Mm -hmm. and they don't have internet. They have, my mother-in-law has a smartphone, but, uh, it's not great. And they're saying take a picture of your of your card and and upload it and she's like how do i do that and mm-hmm. we had to talk her through it if she had a computer and in the internet it would have been easy but mm-hmm. there's that is how you get vaccinated everybody I mean, needs to be vaccinated like they you'd be able they'd be able to go to a place and, and get it but like the if everybody had access to the internet even if they didn't use it Then these issues in Northampton would wouldn't be as as intense, I guess.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I mean during the pandemic, it yeah, it's how you got vaccinated. It's how you went to the doctor. It's how you went to school. It's how you went to work. It's you know this. As I said, it this was already a needed utility, but now we know that this is essential for how we're living our lives. Yes. So we need to make sure that everyone has equal it's, access.
0: It's how a bunch of people attended my mother's funeral.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, it it was her time, but thank mm-hmm. you. So yes, um, vote yes on one, please. I'm going to say it again, please. Thank you. <laughs> Go, I mean, <laughs> everybody should be voting. The, the, it's, it's an off year and everything. And I bet a lot of people are like, oh, there's a, there's a, an election, you know, like all that, uh, but yes, go vote and vote on the questions, vote on question one. People in Northampton, it's vitally important I, and talk I agree. to your friends and neighbors
2: so I, because yes. people, you know, um, like I always when I've been building this into all my messaging, and I say, like, I, so I'm going to tell you about this, I'm going to tell you why I think it's important, and then I'm going to deputize you. I need you all to go out and share this with the people that you're around because you know, this, as I said, this language is a little bit can be confusing or intimidating. And so if, you know, once you understand what this is for and how important it is, please tell everybody else, because we're, you know, we're all doing our best to get the word out, but we need to pull together as a community and make sure that people know how important this question is.
0: Yes, indeed. Well, I just want to mention, you you, know, the views and opinions expressed on the show are not necessarily those... Xojlp, so you know, uh, and so forth. It's a non, not-for-profit corporation that does not take any stance on political issues. So we do
1: because we're people and not <laughs> nonprofit corporations. <laughs> it's a different thing. Just saying. You can't stop us. Right, I mean, literally, you can. You, like, but no, no it'd no, be no. hard for you to have your
2: show if you weren't expressing opinions.
1: There, on it. There, there's a whole <laughs> amendment in the Constitution
0: about no, you can't stop us. So yeah, exactly. But, there, but yes, that's something go. we can. Talk the station about. itself um, is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so just just to circle back to the internet, yeah. just for one more second. So um, if it's such archaic language in question one it may throw people off. So thank goodness you mentioned that it says create a municipal light plant, but it's not to create bricks and mortar it's to create the window to put the internet through basically so exactly. I, I understand that now and i didn't know that it would have thrown me when i saw the question on the and i kind of followed the issue but not the language so thank you for for oh. making that really clear how that works thank
2: you thank you so. for giving me the opportunity to talk about it you know i've been saying it's not a physical structure it's a rhetorical structure um and that's just really important it, for people when they go into that booth to understand them.
1: it's the legal framework yeah yeah, yeah. I mean exactly. you really the um, to create the point, utility the, the number of questions there are going to be questions on the ballot you see and then there the the first one there's going to be yes or no and you you just see the first question it's number 1 and you click yes that's all that's all you need to do yeah, <laughs> for
3: sure.
1: yeah. it's very easy several all my skeptical
3: friends that read everything yeah <laughs>
1: We didn't don't talk to too read much it, about. Yeah, you read it, please <laughs> understand it, but you don't need to right now. Just click one. Just, don't cl- be just uh, right one. Yeah, That's fine.
3: <laughs> um, did you want to talk about the downtown plans and rejuvenation of uh, Main Street or? Um, Some of the empty storefronts. I mean, that wasn't what Michael asked early. He was asking about apartments, but um, just sort of anything along that lines, because I know there's some plans out there. I don't I haven't followed them very closely. Yeah, so
2: we're um, we are in line to get a significant amount of um, state transportation improvement money from the state. You know, the state doesn't necessarily part with money very easily out here in western mass but they are giving us 16.6 million dollars to Holy redo, yeah to um to <laughs> redo main street and the reason they're doing it is that they recognize based on our accident um report that we have a really unsafe main street we have a beautiful main street but it is incredibly wide and so that makes it really unsafe for pedestrians bicyclists and we have a lot of car accidents um so that's why they have prioritized us um with these funds to redesign main street and make um make it safer for pedestrians um, and we're working on having a dedicated bike lane. And so there are some significant changes that are going to happen. I, um, I'm really excited about this project. I think it is, um, it's it's a remarkable opportunity for us. We also will then have the opportunity, you know, once we, when we do these big projects, we replace the infrastructure underground. We have very old pipes and infrastructure that desperately need to be upgraded. So this is a chance for us to redo that um, you know our stormwater system is not um was not built to withstand the amount of water that now um we're experiencing with the climate crisis so this is a huge opportunity to redo main street and also rethink how we use space you know our you know you were just talking about um stores retail economy has changed completely right and certainly again during the pandemic it's Um, put even more pressure on brick and mortar stores, how we buy things has changed, how we use public space has changed. Um, Everything is changing. Cars are changing, right? I just, we have, we got a car recently um, because we also care for my mother-in-law. And so we needed one that could accommodate all of us. And when I'm parking, it it shows me an aerial view of my car, (laughs) I don't know how they do it. It's some sort of simulation, but you know, we, there's all this technology now that helps cars park self-driving cars. Aren't like Jetsons anymore. Like this is a thing that's really happening. And so, you know, I think that we should be pretty bold with the changes that we make downtown and, and take into account all, um, all the ways that how we use space has changed for now, but also be really cognizant of the fact that we are stewarding this for a short period of time and we're passing it on to the future. And so I don't really want to redesign Main Street how it had been for the last hundred years. I want to make sure that we're thinking forward for um, and and really taking space for us so much for cars.
3: Anything on the um, empty storefronts? I mean, you mentioned it because the Internet has so changed the business. And I know a couple of businesses that closed a while ago in Northampton for, you know, the owners retired. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, not related to anything in particular. Or we got um, out while the getting was good. (laughs) Well, that's what they're saying. They're saying, oh my God, what's happened with, you know, foot traffic and how people buy things. And I mean, just the whole scenario has changed and then COVID hit and -hmm. they're very thankful they weren't paying their rents during COVID. But uh, I wondered if there were any thoughts on that about what, you know, the mayor's office can do to help. Um, help the businesses transition. Maybe I don't know to how what the future is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I really want to work with our downtown businesses and and try and figure out how, what their priorities are and how the city can help them. Um, you know, there are there there certainly were a lot of businesses that closed during the pandemic. You're right. There were people who I know a few myself who they were sort of trying to figure out what their next steps were, and this sort of forced their hand um yep. there there are also a bunch of businesses that have come in so i feel like we always focus on the ones that have left and and less focus on the new um growth that happens but there are businesses that have come in there there are a few that had been inside thorns that have now moved to main street so there you know it's i think of a city as like a living organism right it's constantly changing and evolving and that things you know i think we we sort of imagine it as like a static thing but it's really constantly moving and in flux. Um, and so there is a lot of movement. Another thing that, um, I, you know, depending on how you feel about it, but some of the empty storefronts are actually already optioned for cannabis. So they appear empty, but, um, they are rented spaces. And so, you know, how it works with the cannabis control commission, you need to have a space rented for a certain amount of time while you're doing everything else before you can move into it. So, um, so
3: yeah, I've some heard one of them,
2: two years it took them yeah so some yeah. of them you know it doesn't it doesn't help that feeling that things look empty but they're actually already rented um and then we have you know the empty um storefronts that have been empty for over a decade and that's another matter right that's some some landlord owned, yeah. yes that's the landlord who's not um, who has not been interested in renting them out so is there anything
1: that you can i i don't I, probably not but is there anything you can do about that like just someone that is just holding on to property that isn't being used that could be used to to enhance the city
2: i will give it my best shot you know i know our current mayor has given it his best shot um <laughs> there's you know there's not there's only so much you can do when someone with someone's private property and um you know it's sort of confounding as to why they let it remain empty like that um but i will do my very best to uh, to try and convince them that um it's this is the time to, to, <laughs> to rent out those properties um but yeah it's it's frustrating it's very frustrating for everybody in northampton to sort of feel like those are being held hostage a bit
1: i was just thinking about like you were saying about the the cannabis thing uh, the um uh and what what we were saying before uh business owner owners like looking at what what's happening and are they getting out now or or they had plans to get out like later and they, if they're moving out like the the fish hook um mm. uh near the uh near the on-ramp um that mm. has been an institution mm. for years and years and they and they closed and uh they were I mean the owners were planning on retiring but they, but it moved up because of COVID, but now there is a cannabis place there, um, that, that took that, that over. So.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is that what that is? The new yes. building?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I've oh, been looking into it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's an, it's a interesting place. So, um, I don't know if they've officially opened because of COVID and everything, but, um, the most important thing is that, uh, like you said cities are breathing organisms they 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 grow and they shrink and they and they um, expand and contract and uh we need to keep in mind when when we think about the city when we think about um this jewel in western massachusetts uh we need to think about it as more than just a bunch of buildings they Th- there are businesses that that are there that we don't see, or th- that are there that that are coming in and everything like that. But there are also empty places that we need. We definitely need to take care of. Mm-hmm. um And like you said, with housing, like housing is so important to the life. It's the lifeblood of the city, and it's really good that. Uh, that our local politicians like you and, and, and others are, are, really thinking about affordable housing and really thinking about the, uh, the effect of, of new business and no business and, and where, where people actually set up their, um, their life work in the, in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, what I'm saying is it's important for everybody that's listening to know and to remember that we are a, a, a community. And a community changes and it and it like I said, it grows in its strengths. And we do desperately need to keep that in mind when we're thinking about improving the city or changing something about it or something like that, because there are gonna be so many effects uh that change can make.
2: Mm that's so beautifully said yeah i i completely agree and yeah we are a community and we all have to support each other and work together all of these things are interconnected and so you you can never just look at something as like a silo we, you know every everything works with um all these other issues and and it's it's you know it's it's like an ecosystem we all have to be in balance and work together to 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 make it a healthy ecosystem
0: With bears and everything.
2: With, with, with bear, I mean that's why we have. you know, I mean, talk about right. Like, why are the bears at Sue's house? Because we've taken away where they should be, right? So yeah.
0: actually, the bears the are there bear because people? troubles are brewing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: they know they have a they have a friend in me. No, I the the theory is the reason they started breaking into my house was. Um, COVID, the school had closed next to my house and the dumpsters were empty. They oh normally would have eaten from the dumpsters, and oh. uh, the bear guys thought that they were just uh, starving, the mom and oh. two cubs. Well, and uh, I buy it. Yeah, I I think it's true because, you know, the schools were closed. This was last year into last March, not this, this recent year, but the year before. And it was right when COVID happened, the school shut down. There was nothing in the dumpsters and the skunks and the raccoons were the first to cross the fence. And then the bears came. And I, I think it's true. I think they had just grown reliant on the dumpsters and, um, so I said an expect best stop. And the personal in the house before me had left her trash in the shed. So they knew I don't do that, but you know, they knew to come look. So and they, you know, they're smart. I just yeah. remembered something.
1: Co- um sorry, I, I just I wanna we're we're getting to the end. I want I really wanted to ask the the coke plant. Um yes. that's closing. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. What do you think is the best way to go forward with that? with that property and, and the loss of, I think, like 200 jobs uh, in the city. Um, I thought it was 600, but. Oh, it's, I don't accounting. know. I was no, it was a little bit. I remember bad. like a steel tip. Over,
2: over
3: 300. It's over 300. Oh, good.
2: Thanks for bringing that up. Actually, when you were just talking before, I was thinking about that. Um, and, yeah, no, it's that's a devastating loss for Northampton. And, and I mean, but first and foremost, for those employees, right? So they're over three hundred employees, um, and you know, I I hope that Coke does right by them. Um, I will do everything in my power to make sure that they do it bears and everything. You know, it's not a union plant, um, and so I hope that they. There's really... a factory
3: closing law in the state. I think if you have over, is it thirty employees? Factory closing. There's a whole bunch of things the state requires for a factory closing. I, I'm pretty sure. Mass Massachusetts.
2: so Ah. you know so they're one the jobs um but also they are our biggest user of water um so that really will impact our um our water and sewer enterprise so my top priority would be to try and get another bottler in there someone that will um you know we also as a city this is why it's it's kind of the whole thing sort of lousy right because Northampton had invested in their business and helped make it possible for them to operate there. Um, and we'd done some work on our um, water and sewer infrastructure and one of our pumps. I heard that we, up, we upgraded, yeah. right. To, to yeah. be able to handle them. Exactly. We adapted for their volume um, and, you know, to, to, so we need to um, try and get someone else in there. That's going to utilize, you know, those resources that we've invested And to try and minimize the impact on our own water and sewer enterprise funds, because that's that's a big loss to um, to our revenue. So that's my priority is to try and get another bottler in there.
0: Is the uh, is the idea that the uh, loss of revenue is going to be more? Is isn't going to be offset by the lower costs because we won't be using as much water? You know.
2: So there we need to figure out, you know, there there are certain things that we'll be using less of because that volume won't be going through, but they, you know, like you pay your water bill, their water bill is a significant water bill. And so um that will be a significant revenue loss for us.
3: No contribution overhead, right? We lost right. the direct cost. Right. Yeah. Actually, a quick question. How do people reach you? And also, did you just get an endorsement from Susan Wright, the financial wizard that used to run
2: Northampton? <laughs> um, yes. Got a- f- you got a card. Oh, good. The former finance today. director, Susan Wright. Oh, good. Um, yes, she has, uh, she has endorsed me. She's a remarkable woman. She was a remarkable finance director. So I'm very proud of that endorsement. Um, people can reach me. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, I loved working with her and she's sorely missed, but our new finance director is also wonderful too. Um, my website is glshara.com. So G-L-S-C-I-A-R-R-A.com. From there you can contact me, contact the campaign. You can always look on the city website and find my city email address there too. So I'd love to hear from you. Thank you.
1: And that will, that all that information will be on the, uh, on in the show notes for the podcast and on our website, civilpoliticsradio.com under this this episode.
0: Along with the link to Pathlight, the human services nonprofit you work for as well. Thank
2: you. Thank you, thank right. you so, so much for having me. This is so great. Happy anniversary.
0: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Gina Louise. <laughs> thank you. So, so that's going to do it for uh, uh, civil politics tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us, Gina Louise Chiara. And uh, we've got Subculture coming up next, followed by Table of Contents at 10 and OK Asia at Midnight. Uh, Podcast of the show is going to be uploaded to the various services, uh, probably in the wee hours of Monday morning, and we do have a repeat airing here on uh, WXOJ uh, at uh, 4 p.m. on Monday afternoon. So listen to us all over again. Why wouldn't you? Um, and that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for now. Uh, thank you for all for listening. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the PlanetSide Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.